Mark your calendars. Wait, do people still do that? Doesn't everyone use their damn phone? Either way, Palooza is Saturday, November 18th at South 40 in Reno. Details at radradio.com. It's tomorrow. God. We have this email, <laughs> R-A-D, at radradio.com. It's from Les. Hi, Liz. I would love it and appreciate it if you could wish my love. Oh, by the way, I would not usually do one of these, but there's enough extenuating circumstances that I decided I would open up my big heart to, to Les. Liz. Uh, I would love it and appreciate it if you could wish my loving husband, Ramon. Hola. Of 33 years of marriage and oh. 40 years together. Oh, oh my gosh, I love that so much. A very happy anniversary. Don't do those usually. Oh. And a belated 59th birthday from last woo, month. Woo. He had COVID. Oh, God, and he's elderly. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> and we couldn't celebrate. I actually gave him the gift of COVID, actually. Oh. He was in the hospital with low oxygen levels for five days. Oh, damn. Oh, my God. That must have been so scary. But with great medical care from doctors, nurses, and the medical staff, he came home. Oh, thank God. Our two sons, two granddaughters, himself and I have a lot to be thankful for this Thanksgiving. Oh. I couldn't imagine not having him by my side. He's my best friend, the love oh. of my life. Oh. Yes. An awesome father. Awesome. And grandfather. Thanks so oh. much for the shout-out for my hubby, Ramon. Oh, happy, happy birthday. Now eat your f***ing cake. Oh. Happy, happy birthday or we'll punch you in the face. Let's talk to Steve Mickelson. Live from Las Vegas, Nevada, and MixPicks.com. Two Ks in Mix. Two Ks in Picks. And my co-host for the Mixed Picks podcast every Wednesday on Rad TV at 10 a.m. at members.radradio.com. It turns into a regular podcast and uh, available on all podcasting forums the next day. Good morning, Steve. Good morning. All right, Steve. Uh, we actually got an email during the show yesterday uh, because uh, Major League Baseball owners voted unanimously yesterday to allow the Oakland A's to move to your hometown now of Las Vegas. There are still some legal challenges that could scuttle a move. But winning approval from the Oders was a significant step towards Oakland losing its last major professional sports team. Uh, the uh, the big question, assuming everything goes forward, is where the A's will play next season. They do still have their lease with the uh, the, the sewer that is the Oakland Coliseum oh, God. for the 2024 season. They have not those solidified plans what they're going to do not only next season but after that because their stadium won't be done until 2028. So they got to play somewhere down there. Steve, somebody wrote in yes- yesterday, as I said. And there are still people clinging to hope, but this is over, right? The A's are going to Las Vegas. I believe the A's are going to Las Vegas. You know, there is a lawsuit by, I think, the teachers union going on to try to force something on the battle on the ballot so that they can vote to use the money directed to the A's towards the teachers. Uh, but I don't think that's going to happen for this ballot here. Uh, the A's are going to leave Oakland one way or another. They're going to go to Las Vegas. Oakland's had, what, 40, 50 years to get this right. It's it's not like, oh, no, this was a surprise out of nowhere. They've chosen not to upgrade that stadium. You've been there many, many of times. Mm-hmm. It, it's been falling apart. You know, they've been talking about the odor at that game, yeah. at that stadium for at least 30 years that I'm aware of, of, you know, the poor – sewer piping, et cetera. But for, for me, the A's, Oakland to still be fighting, and it's like, come on, you've had all this time. You should have fixed it. You didn't. They need to move on. And and just for those who, who maybe don't know or, or think we're playing, th- there have been multiple stories over the last many years of raw sewage leaking into dugouts and, mm. and, and oh, things like that. I mean, that's why I, I call it the sewer. And the Oakland Coliseum, back when I was going to games in the mid to late 80s, 
was a good stadium, but even at that point, it was starting to get outclassed because it was shortly after that they started building things, modern stadiums like the original Camden Yards and Baltimore, things like that. It's still there. 30 years later, and, and it's just dilapidated. So, uh, speaking of baseball, Steve, yesterday uh, the MVP, Most Valuable Player Awards, were handed out. Shohei Otani and Ronald Acuna Jr. were each named the MVP of their respective leagues in unanimous fashion. That's unprecedented in the 92-year history of the award, of the award that both the, the American League and MVP, or American League and National League MVP were voted unanimously in. Are, do you have any problems with those choices? No, I agree. The thing that surprised me so far about the awards have been how many unanimous, you know, awards have been handed out. Normally, there's always those, you know, sports writers who hold out, well, I'm going to vote for my guy, I'm going to show support for my team, and that just doesn't seem the way anymore, which I think is a positive thing because I've always believed sports writers should be voting on who they believe is best, not who I like or who I dislike. So it, it, I fully agree with both of those winners, and uh, it's actually kind of good to see that maybe we've taken the home team and my opinions out of this and, and vote with who actually deserves the award. And uh, on, the, on the Mixed Picks podcast, we've already talked once about the Shohei Otani lottery, if you will. Uh, he was he was going to be the half uh, half billion guy half billion dollar guy. Uh, everybody's going to sign him for five hundred million dollars. Uh, but then he he had he got a, a really bad injury, uh, and I'm still reading that somebody's going to pay him hundreds of millions of dollars, even though we don't even know if he can pitch. Uh, we'll keep following that story. We also talked yesterday, or rather uh, on Wednesday, Steve, uh, about uh, the NBA season has started. Uh, on uh, Wednesday, we had uh, the Sacramento Kings uh, go down to L.A. It wasn't even a game. They blew out the Lakers tonight. Yeah. The Kings uh, are at San Antonio. But when you and I talked about it on Wednesday, just the overview, you, you seem lukewarm at best on the Sacramento Kings this season after a lot of people got really excited last year thinking, well, they're going to be even better this year. Yeah, the Kings had great chemistry last year. I hope they find that. I hope they you know, are able to build on that. They're playing good basketball right now. They've won four straight. Uh, you know, as you mentioned, they had that impressive win over the Lakers on the road on Wednesday to Aaron Fox appears to be back to fully healthy, you know, as he had 28 points in the game. The the issue I have is just the West is loaded with talent. You know, you look at the Suns, you look at the Warriors, um, you know, the Clippers went out and got James Harden, although they're not playing well with him at all. There's just a lot of really good talent. The Denver Nuggets could, you know, that could repeat as the champions. There's people who feel the Nuggets – are still the best team in the NBA. So it's not that I'm against the Kings. I just don't think they are in the top, you know, two or three in the Western Conference. And it's just because the Western Conference is so loaded. So is this the classic, they're a playoff team, but they won't, they won't make it through kind of situation for you? Yes, I absolutely believe they're a playoff team. I just don't think they're going to advance far into the playoffs. Again, if they get that chemistry and they can make that home court advantage like they had last year they're going to be a tough out i just don't think they have the bench strength to match up with these other teams to advance deep into the playoffs a big story in college football steve over the last couple of weeks for for just sports fans in general has been this jim harbaugh story he's the uh, the the coach of uh, michigan and the big 10 found that michigan violated its policy by uh, doing in scouting in-person scouting stupid rule you can't you can't go to the game and scout, but it is a rule. It is, it is a rule in college football, and so they suspended Jim Harbaugh. He can coach during the week, but he can't be on the sidelines. And they were supposed to be in court today, 
they had filed a, they had filed a lawsuit to get an injunction against this, and then yesterday out of nowhere they dropped the whole thing. They said, "Okay, fine, Harbaugh won't be on the." I don't know what this story means or what's going on, Steve. But and you and I talked about will Harbaugh stay in college football? But what do you make of all this? Well, it, it appears they've reached an agreement here. The NCAA has come out and said that everything that they have seen, and they confiscated his phones, his laptops, everything, is Jim Harbaugh really had no knowledge of this in any way. Uh, so the Big Ten has agreed to, um, if he drops his suspension, which his appeal, which is what he's doing, They've agreed to close their investigation because they feel there's nothing else there. It was just a rogue, low assistant coach who wanted to gain favor, you know, was in the military. He was very good at stealing signs, who was trying to, you know, help Michigan out. He's a diehard Go Blue fan and and felt that he could maybe make this happen to move himself up in as a valuable assistant coach. But uh, you know, so Harbaugh and Michigan decided, look, if there's no more, you know, you've dropped the investigation. You've come out and said Jim Harbaugh had absolutely no knowledge. They've agreed to drop their appeal because they're and the NCAA is closing the investigation. So, you know, I believe teams have been stealing signs for years and years and years. I don't uh, think it's anything new. I know it's against the rules to go two games to do it. That's the one I really have a big issue with because – Come on, you know the rules. You got to follow the rules. But as a Michigan fan, I was glad to hear that the Big Ten says they have seen nothing that shows that Jim Harbaugh had any knowledge about it in any way, which makes me feel much better about Harbaugh. So let them serve it. I hope they can win. You know, at Maryland this week, they can win the following week at uh, at home against Ohio State. And they're able to get into the playoffs, and let's see where they can go. Well, not only are you a fan, but when we were talking about this on Wednesday's podcast, you're also kind of hoping Michigan wins for an additional reason of just kind of sticking it to everybody because of this story, right? Absolutely. And, you know, I thought this going into the season. I personally believe Michigan's the best team in college football, and I've always been a fan of I, I want to see the best playing at the end for the championship. It is one of my bitches with the World Series this year is, you know, we had a five seed playing a six seed. It's like it kind of takes the luster off of the World Series when it's, you know, basically two wild card teams playing to win it all. I want to see Michigan, you know, play Georgia or something like that. I want to see the best play the best in the championship game. And if Michigan gets knocked out, I'm going to be disappointed if they get knocked out because Harbaugh's not able to, you know, coach these games. But you know what? Michigan agreed to it, so I live by that and just hope they can get through. And there is a big college football game tomorrow afternoon. Uh, number five, Washington, is at number 11, Oregon State. Yeah, right now, Oregon State is a one-point favorite because they are the home team. The Huskies are riding a 17-game win streak. A win would lock them into the Pac-12 championship game and keep their hopes of making the playoffs alive as they're the number five seed right now, sitting in the outside. Well, this team's about quarterback Michael Penix Jr. He's having a Heisman-type season. He hopes to show why he should be a finalist for the Heisman. He leads the nation in yards per game. He's averaging over 350 yards per game to go along with 28 TD passes. On Oregon State, they're led by quarterback DJ Uyagalale. If you remember, and again, it's one of those stuff that, if you remember, he was the guy at Clemson who came in after Trevor Lawrence had two disappointing seasons. He transferred out 
to Oregon State. He's having a solid year. My complaint with him is he just isn't very accurate. So I'm hoping Washington wins this game to keep their undefeated season going and uh, finds a way to win at Oregon State. What's, what, his first initials, were they TJ or DJ? DJ Ui Agalale. Yeah, so this this has to be like uh, the quarterback of the Miami Dolphins, where we just calls him Tua, because nobody knows how to pronounce Tua Agalalova. So we just got to call this guy DJ. Uh, all right, let's get to our uh, pigskin picks. Team Dom bitches. Cheats bitches. We do it every week for the NFL winners and losers, no point spreads. And uh, going into uh, Thursday night's game last night, Steve and Dawn were tied for first place. Uh, I was five games back, uh, and then uh, Kyle and Brandon were eight and nine games back, yeah. and... Uh, last night, the Baltimore Ravens beat the Cincinnati Bengals 34-20. to So I got that game wrong, and so did Dawn. Oh, and so now, Steve Mickelson is in first place. Where he belongs. By himself. By a game over uh, me. I'm a game over Dawn, rather. Six over me, eight over Kyle, and nine over uh, Brandon. It was a great uh, matchup on paper, Steve, but the game did not really turn out to be much. I think the big story is Cincinnati Bengals quarterback Joe Burrow suffered a sprained right wrist. Baltimore oh. Ravens Pro Bowl tight end Mark Andrews suffered a season-ending left ankle injury. Oh, no. That one seems to me to be the bigger one, Steve, because I think the Bengals are kind of done at this point anyways. But what do you take away from the whole thing? Yeah, Mark Andrews is such a big part of this Ravens offense. He's one of the top tight ends in the league. He can catch. He can block. That's going to be a devastating blow for the Ravens. Mm -hmm. The Bengals... Uh, are actually getting investigated now by the NFL because they showed Burrow in a soft cast on Wednesday night, uh, and the Bengals never disclosed any injury at all. We saw him go down with this. It's going to be interesting to see how serious this wrist injury is. But uh, the Bengals could be in a little bit of hot water if they were hiding an injury and uh, you know didn't let anyone know. But the Bengals without Joe Burrow, their season's over. Sitting at five and five again, and I'm not saying bench him and don't go that way. It's just they got to pretty much run the table if they have any hopes of really advancing into the playoffs and doing something. All right, let's get to the games coming up this weekend for Week 11 in the NFL, Steve. We're going to start with uh, kind of surprising uh, teams of, uh, that are doing pretty well. I, a lot of us didn't see what's going on with Pittsburgh this year. We got the Pittsburgh Steelers at the Cleveland Browns. Right now, the Browns are a one-point favorite here. The Steelers have won two straight and sit at six and three on the season. The part that's amazing about that record is this team has been outgained by their opponents in every single game so far this season. No team has ever done that for nine games and had a winning record. Quarterback Kenny Pickett, he's only thrown for six touchdowns despite having started all nine games this season, which shows where the weakness of the Steelers team ends. But add in the Steelers are in the bottom five in yards allowed by their defense. This just really shows to me how good a coach Mike Tomlin is. Cleveland is also comes into this game with a 6-3 record, having won their last two games. The Browns feature an elite defense, which is ranked number one overall in the NFL. They will need to rely heavily on their defense as starting quarterback Deshaun Watson is out for the season with a fracture in his shoulder. Rookie Dorian Thompson-Robinson is starting at quarterback. He needs a better showing than his last appearance when he threw three interceptions versus the Ravens. 
I believe I have the Steelers winning this game, but I'm not positive. Uh, actually, Steve, the, there are seven games that you and Dawn disagree on this week because you were tied for first place. Oh, Obviously, boy. she's already lost one yeah. of them. Uh, this is another one uh, in the official pigskin pick. Oh. Everybody has chosen the Browns except for Dawn. She's the one that has the Steelers. Oh, Jesus. Well, Dawn, you got it back because I like the Steelers to win here. So. Yeah, but I, I think this is the week I go down. We have to uh, we have to make our picks on oh. Wednesday. Uh, and so it's not like so people are like what what why, why is Steve saying that because you have to lock him in and then things change and things like that. All right, next. I didn't get a chance to read the sports news. Yeah, totally, because that's how Don makes your picks. <laughs> uh, next game, Steve, uh, the uh, Minnesota Vikings. This is the Sunday night game. We're going to jump to that. And, and when you saw it on the schedule a couple of weeks ago, it was like, oh god, that's going to suck. But now, interesting game. The Minnesota Vikings are at the Denver Broncos. Right now, the Broncos are a two-and-a-half-point favorite, and as you said, these two teams seem to be out of it just a month ago. The Vikings have since won five straight, while the Broncos have won their last three games. With Kirk Cousins out for the season, the Vikings traded for Joshua Dobbs from the Cardinals. All Dobbs has done is lead Minnesota to two wins, even though he's still learning their offense. Wide receiver Justin Jefferson remains out for the Vikings. But that hasn't slowed down this offense much because they are still a primary passing team. Minnesota's defense has played much better during their win streak, giving up just 17 points per game during that stretch. The Broncos' improved play as a direct result of their defense finally starting to play good defense as they are giving up only 16 points per game during their win streak, which includes wins over both the Chiefs and the Bills. Quarterback Russell Wilson is playing much better this season. He's already thrown for 18 touchdowns with only four interceptions. Denver is still a run-heavy offense. But wide receiver Cortland Sutton, he's having a really solid year. He has seven touchdowns already on the season. I have the Broncos winning this game. Now this game, Don, you and Steve agree on. You uh, both have the uh, Broncos, uh, while uh, Kyle and Brandon and I all have the Vikings. Steve, I really like this quarterback for the Minnesota Vikings. I think they've got something there. I, I'm enjoying watching him play. I don't believe – I put him more in like the Brock Purdy type thing. Doesn't have a ton of physical ability, but he's smart. He knows what he's doing. He's able to adjust and just doesn't seem to make the, the bad play that, you know, a lot of these quarterbacks make. But he, he's really making the Vikings – interesting to watch and then when you take you know justin jefferson's arguably the best wide receiver in the league he's not there the vikings have virtually no running game as their starting running back is also listed as questionable in this game he just seems to find a way to win and and it's always great to root for those kind of underdogs and that's one of the things that's so impressive a quarterback without a running back no running game to speak of is is doomed from the beginning yet he finds a way to to win. Now, I've tried twice, Steve, this week, on Monday morning on this show and then Wednesday on our podcast on Rad TV, to get you to get to allow the, the Raider fans Raiders. to have some hope. They've won two in a row. They got rid of Josh McDaniels. The team looks like they, they, they're energized, and, and there's always the what-if of the math, and, and I think you, you believe that this is the game where the cold water gets dumped right on them again. The Las Vegas Raiders are at the Miami Dolphins. Yeah, the, the Dolphins are a 13-and-a-half-point favorite here. Yes, the Raiders are riding a two-game win streak, playing at home and beating the Jets and the Giants. Now they face a much tougher opponent. They're on the road. Interim head coach Antonio Pierce has the Raiders showing life, which is wonderful to see. 
put, Las Vegas still struggles to score points. They're averaging only 17 points per game. Rookie quarterback Aiden O'Connell has played well in his last two starts. The Raiders' defense must find a way to slow down the Dolphins' offense. They're going to need to create multiple turnovers in this game if they're going to have any chance at all. Miami is coming off a tough loss to the Chiefs, and they lost two of their last three games. Quarterback Tua Tagovailoa is having a big year as the Dolphins lead the NFL in scoring, as you mentioned, that tough name to say. You know, but Miami's they are built for speed. Good luck to the Raiders secondary trying to defend wide receiver Tyreek Hill, who is already over 1,000 yards receiving, has eight touchdowns. And the part I'm interested in, it's going to be interesting to see if rookie running back Devon, and I don't know how to say his last name, it's like Akane is able to play. He's coming off the IR. He's in his window. But what has been amazing is his brief time in the NFL, and he's a rookie. He's only had 37 carries, but he already has five touchdowns and is averaging 12.1 yards per carry. So when he has been on the field, he has been unstoppable. And it's going to be interesting to see if the Dolphins activate him to play against the Raiders. It's interesting that you mentioned that that's what you're looking to, to see. Dawn was talking to me about just that. Can you believe these stats? Uh, by the way, everybody, even Brandon, who, who picks with his heart and chooses the Raiders every week. Everybody has the Dolphins. Yeah, I know they're mismatched this year, this, this week. Yeah, this yeah. is. Yeah. Now, although Stephen and I did did talk on the podcast, if the Raiders could win this game, eyebrows go up. Oh, that'd be fantastic. Yeah. All right, Steve. Uh, the, uh, the, uh, the 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 San Francisco 49ers had lost three in a row. Uh, they took their bye week, then they came out last week and they just destroyed the Jaguars. Uh, uh, looks like a playoff team. So let's see if you think the Niners are back on track. They've got the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at San Francisco. Right now, the 49ers are a 12-point favorite. Tampa got a much-needed win last week against the Titans after losing their four prior games. The Bucks' feature of top-10 defenses is giving up under 20 points per game. The strength of the defense is their ability to stop the run. Quarterback Baker Mayfield leads the offense, which is near the bottom in the league. The Bucks, the Bucks are the worst rushing team in the NFL, which is sad as you you know you don't want to have to rely on Mayfield passing to give you any offense in this game. The 49ers returned to their winning ways with an impressive win at Jacksonville last week. Just shows when healthy. The 49ers are clearly the best team in the NFL. Their defense was strong. Now they've added Chase Young to the mix. Teams just can't block their defense front. Aww, poor baby. I think we are all realizing that quarterback Brock Purdy is no Joe Montana, and the expectations have lowered. He's still a very good quarterback in the system. He's smart. He can read defense. Just needs to not make the silly mistakes. But I think the 49ers should win this game easily. As we know, they have a couple of tough games coming up right after this. So it is a spot for a potential letdown. I just don't think the 49ers do it. And I think they can name the score against Tampa Bay. By the way, Steve, everybody's got the Niners. And both the Raider game, although it's in favor of the Dolphins, and the Niner game uh, in favor of the Niners have double-digit point spreads. Are you looking at either of those games? Because those are big spreads. Are you at least eyeing those? I know you'll make your picks on Sunday in terms of points. Yeah, no, there, there's a lot of big spreads this week. I mean, you get the Cowboys as a 10-and-a-half-point favorite. I usually throw out double-digit uh, you know, double-digit games in the NFL just because, uh, you know, it's so hard to take the dog in them, even though they could get a backdoor cover 
or something like that. And it's just so many points to lay as a favorite. So those are games that if I'm going to look at, I might tease them down to try to get them, you know, into that three range type of thing. But other than that, I pretty much throw those out. By the way, Steve, I don't want you to think that I just did to you what Dawn does to me all the time because I knew the answer to that question because we talked about this on Wednesday. But I do retain what you said. I just wanted the whole audience to hear your insight uh, oh, uh, on that. I retain what Steve says, too. Oh, I know. You retain what everyone says except me, Mom. All right, Steve. Uh, thanks, man. Uh, have a great weekend. We will talk to you on uh, Monday morning. Thank you, and have an outstanding weekend, and hope all the football games are exciting. All right. That is Steve Mickelson, Steve. Uh, live from Las Vegas, Nevada, and MixPicks.com. Two Ks in Mix, two Ks in Picks. And uh, we do the Mix Picks podcast every Wednesday at 10 a.m. on Rad TV at members.radradio.com. If you want to see our Pickskin Picks. Team Dawn Bitches. Cheats Bitches. They are posted at radradio.com. We're going to play Treble Trouble right now for a $100 Visa gift card. Three-second song clip. You give us the title of the song, and you win. It's that simple. Caller 18 guesses first, then 19, then 20. And if nobody knows the song title. <laughs> Droplets everywhere, no winner. We need a winner. 888-989-9811-4. Treble, trouble. Rob. Anybody. And Dawn. The Rob. Anybody. And Dawn Show.